This is part 15 titled Living the In Christ Life in this sermon series on our identity in Christ who we are in Christ be enriched as you listen We received a testimony from a a a, a lady she wrote in saying uh, several weeks ago uh, I mean this happened a couple of Sundays ago three Sundays ago so uh, she had been having pain in her calf muscles for many many months so it's been a long time and that particular sunday when we prayed from here uh, there was a word of knowledge uh, i presume and so she la- she put her hands on her on her legs and just prayed two days later the pain left she waited three weeks to make sure it's all completely healed and she sent in her testimony she has been completely healed amen amen yes let's thank god small miracles big miracles we are thankful to the lord Uh, another this person actually sent two emails uh, so last sunday uh, last week the sunday the saturday before last sunday uh, this man he's he's been watching us online and he was very distressed about his son who was out of the country elsewhere and so that sunday night he was so distressed and um, uh, he actually went to sleep crying he said and then when he Uh, Sunday morning, he tuned into the service. Towards the end of the service, we were praying for families. We were praying for children. So he was really shocked and touched by by that type prayer. And then he also connected to the Zoom prayer, where our pastors were praying, praying for people. And so he just received that. And amazingly, I think it was the next day, he received information from his son. and uh, it was all good news and so he sent in an email on tuesday saying you know god knew what was going on in my life i was touched by that that time of prayer and ministry uh, and also on the zoom prayer and the next day he received uh, good news from his son and so he was so happy of all that had happened amen let's thank god for that and uh, you know god is no respecter of persons what he will do for one he will do for the other so every time you hear a testimony you celebrate and say god thank you for doing it for so and so but i thank you you do it also for me because you are no respecter of persons if god will do it for one he'll do it for another so every time you hear a testimony you thank god and you say god i take it too amen i receive it also because you're no respecter of persons so let the testimonies that we share encourage you and your response is god i give you praise but i take it for me as well do it in my life as well amen can i hear an amen, amen. <laughs> right okay let's spend some time in god's word are you ready are you ready okay so today is the last message in this series on our identity in Christ it's the 15th sermon in this series uh it's been a long journey uh, perhaps one of the longest series we've ever done uh, but this study or this revelation on our identity in Christ our life in Christ is so important for each one of us as believers we need to know what god has done for us in christ we need to know our identity uh, we need to know our inheritance 
And we need to know how to live out of that. How does being in Christ affect my life every day? In everyday life, we face all kinds of things, all kinds of challenges, obstacles, mountains, so on, so on and so forth. But how do I take biblical truth or truth in the Bible that God has spoken about me, and how do I live it out in everyday life? How do I bring it to bear? How do I bring it to make a difference in our lives? So we are, we are spending these last two messages, last Sunday and today, on that. And so just to quickly review, the first thing we said last Sunday is we must learn to live out of what has been completed. So God has completed the work for you and me in Christ. And we live out of that. So even, for example, even when you and I are trying to live holy lives, technically it's called sanctification, even as you and I are trying to live sanctified lives, you understand that God has already sanctified you in Christ. He's made you holy. And so you live holy out of that because you are holy. So your thought process is something like this. So when you're confronted with a temptation, you say, hey, I am holy, so I don't need that. Amen? You're not saying, I'm shunning that in order to become holy. Well, you need to shun it to live a holy life, but you should be. I am holy. I am consecrated to God, so this has no place in me. And so you begin to live out of the fact of the work that has been completed in Christ. The second thing we said was we live with a renewed mind. To live with a renewed mind means, very simply, we forsake our own thoughts, our own ways and our own thoughts, and choose to live according to the ways and thoughts of God. So that's living with a renewed mind. It's getting rid of our own ways and our own thoughts and living according to the ways and thoughts of God. Now, how do you find the ways and thoughts of God? It's in the Bible. It's in the Word of God. So when you and I read the Bible, when you and I find out, found, find out what's in the Bible, and we live by what the Bible teaches us, then we are living by the ways and thoughts of God. That means you're living with a renewed mind. And when you, live, when you and I live with a renewed mind, our lives are transformed. That means our lives undergo a metamorphosis. So the Bible tells us, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So when you live with a renewed mind, you are transformed. You undergo a metamorphosis. And I, the best illustration of, a metamor of metamorphosis happening is that of a caterpillar becoming a butterfly. If nobody told you that that butterfly was actually a caterpillar, you and I would never figure it out. Think like, wow, look at the butterfly. It's so beautiful. Look at how it can it, uh, move around in the air. It's undergone a metamorphosis. It was actually an ugly-looking caterpillar. But then something happens. It metamorphosized into a butterfly. And that's what happens to our way of life when we renew our mind, when we choose to let go of our own ways and thoughts and take on the ways and thoughts of God, our lifestyle undergoes a metamorphosis. People can't recognize you. 
the sense they say, what happened to you? Well, you've gone from, uh, you've gone, undergone a metamorphosis because you have been renewing your minds. Are you with me so far? Yes or no? It's okay to speak in church. <laughs> the third thing we said, in order to live uh, out of our identity in Christ is to live or walk in the Spirit. That means you walk under the influence of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is in you as a believer. And He's there to guide you. He nudges you very gently. You see, the Holy Spirit is very gentle. Yes, there are times He can move very powerfully, but normally, in your life and mine, He guides us very gently. He doesn't come and slap you on the cheek and say, Go! Go this way! Why are you going? No, no. He's very gentle in His dealings with us. His nudges, His promptings, His movings inside our spirit comes very gently. And so you and I need to learn to listen to the Holy Spirit. His leading. And we live from His leading. We live according to His, uh, according to the Spirit. And as we walk in the Spirit, we are conformed to become more and more like Jesus. So that's the third thing we said. You know, if you want to live this in Christ life, you will learn to live by the Holy Spirit. Right? So three things. Live out of the work that's been completed. Live from above. Live out of the Spirit into the natural. Live from what is in heaven into earth. Live from above. Second, live with a renewed mind. Third, walk in the Spirit. Today, I want to cover a few more things that the Bible tells us on living the in Christ life. Let's go to, we're going to look at two passages. The first one is Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 and 7, please. If you have your Bibles, let's go to Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 and 7. And we're going to read it together. Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 and 7. It's also going to come up on the screen, and we will read it together. Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 and 7. Let's read it out loud, please. Let's go. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him, rooted and built up in Him, and established in the faith as you've been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. So we're going to spend some time in these Two verses, Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 and 7. Paul says, as you have received Christ. So, you have received Christ. What's he telling us now? As you have received Christ, so walk in Him. Walk in Him. Second, he says, rooted. So, rooted. Be rooted in Him. And built up in Him. We're going to look at these three things. Walk in Him, be rooted in Him, and be built up in Him. So you received Christ. You are in Christ. Christ is in you. What must you do? He says, walk in Him. Walk in Christ. Now, that He's using an analogy. In fact, he's using three different analogies. You walk in him. He's using that of a human. Be rooted. He's using that of a tree. 
be built up, he's using that of a building being constructed. So three different metaphors Paul is using in this passage to tell us what do you do after you receive Christ? You've received Christ, now what? First, walk in him. The word walk uh, is, is a biblical term. In the Bible, this term walk tell, tells us of being aligned to something. In fact, if you read that verse from the Amplified Bible, the classic edition, so Colossians 2, verse 6, the Amplified Bible. So the Amplified Bible uh, expands certain words uh, in, in English so that we understand what is being said. This is what it says. It says, As you therefore receive Christ, even Jesus the Lord, so walk. Regulate your lives and conduct yourselves in union with and conformity to Him. So what does it mean to walk in Him? It means to regulate your life and to conduct your life out of union with and in conformity to Him. So you can imagine this. That there are two straight lines and you walk within those two straight lines. You are regulating your life and you're in conformity to that. You're not stepping out on either way, out of those two lines. You're aligned to that. So he says, walk in Christ. That means you live your life out of union with Christ and in conformity to him, aligned to who he is. So how do you live out of Christ? Conduct yourself in a way that is in union with him and in conformity to him. So simple thing. There used to be this statement, you know, some, I don't know, many years ago. What would Jesus do? So in, in everything we do, we choose to live out of union with him and in conformity to him. If Jesus would do it, I'll do it. If Jesus would not do it, I'm not going to do it. Why? Because I'm walking in him. Are you with me? Yes or no? So, to live out of Christ, walk in him. Walk in conformity to him. In union with him. Who he is, if he'll do it, I'll do it. If he won't do it, I won't do it. So you're living out of your life in Christ. Just as Jesus lived in union with the Father, you and I live in union with Jesus. And actually, when you look in the scriptures, and, and, and you know, I haven't put it out today, it, it, it'll come in the book, you'll find there are many scriptures addressing our daily life, addressing our social life, that means your interaction with people in general, and addressing your family life, that means addressing your interactions with your family members. And all these three contexts, you'll find the phrase, do it in the Lord. Example, children, obey your parents in the Lord. Wives, submit to your own husbands in the Lord. So every aspect of your life, it's in the law. That means you live out of that conformity to Jesus Christ in every aspect. 
of your everyday life. Are you with me? So in, our, in the way we conduct ourselves, in our relationships with people, in our relationships in the family, simple question. What would Jesus do in this place, in this situation? What would Jesus do? Act in conformity to it. You're walking in him. You're living out of your union with him. So walk in him. Second, Colossians 2.7, he says, be rooted in him. So now he's using a metaphor from vegetation, plant, or tree. And he's saying, be rooted in Jesus. Now the roots, as we all know, do two important things. First, they provide strength to the tree. So the, if the tree has its roots deep in the soil, it's strong, it can stand. And the roots also provide supply, the source of nutrients, water and nutrients. And so he's using that analogy or that metaphor, and he's saying, believer, be rooted in Christ. Be rooted in him. Notice very carefully, he didn't say be rooted in your pastor. If you're rooted in your pastor, pastor goes up, you go up, pastor goes down, you go down. Finished. He didn't say be rooted in your church. He didn't say be rooted in your denomination. He didn't say be rooted in your organization. He said be rooted in Christ, the person. Now, there's nothing wrong in, you know, uh, having a pastor, having a, a, you know, for, listening to pastors or preachers and ministers of God. There's nothing wrong in having, uh, belonging to a church community, and all of that is important. It all has its place, but your roots must be in Jesus Christ. Amen? That's why he says, be rooted in him. That means your roots go deep in him. He's the source of your strength. He's the source of your supply. You're rooted in Jesus Christ. How do you do it practically? Three simple things. Number one, focus on Jesus. Yes, we can listen to the ministers of God who preach and teach us and, you know, who are serving us. That's fine, okay? But your focus is not on him or her. Your focus is on Jesus Christ. Focus. Because your roots are in him. Second, develop your relationship with Jesus. Your relationship with Jesus. That you read your Bible. You pray. You spend time in prayer. You spend time in worship. Nobody else can do that for you. When was the last time the husband told the wife, please have breakfast for me? Never. Each one has to have your own breakfast. Can't do that. So you have to have your own relationship with the Lord. You have to read your Bible. You have to seek him. You have to pray. You have to worship. And that's how you get your roots in the person of Jesus Christ. So you focus on him. You build your relationship with him. And you draw your strength from him. Because that's what the roots do. They provide the supply. So you're drawing your supply from Jesus Christ. 
thank God that being part of a community, we can be there for each other, we can pray for each other, and that is good. That's part of what God has designed. But ultimately, for all of us, our supply comes from God, from the Lord. So be rooted in Jesus Christ. Develop your relationship with Him. You spending time with Him and you talking to Him and saying, God, you are my strength. You are the supply in my life. And the third metaphor he uses in that same verse, Colossians 2, verse 7, be rooted and built up. So now he's using the metaphor of of constructing a building, of construction. So first one was of a human walking. Second one was of a tree that had its roots. And now he's saying, be built up. It's like a building being constructed. Be built up, implying be built up in him, established in the faith, and just overflowing with thanksgiving. Being built up. In order to understand what Paul is really saying, now obviously he's using that imagery of a construction of a building being constructed layer by layer, brick by brick, so it's coming up. But in order to understand what he's exactly talking about, it's always good to look at how the same writer used the same terms in other epistles. So if we can go to Ephesians chapter 4, verses 13 and 15, where the Apostle Paul uses the same term or the same terminology, and this time he says that we are built up in him and we grow up in him in all things to be like him. Ephesians 4, 13 and 15. So he says, let me just read that. Ephesians 4, 30 and 15 on the Amplified, he says that we might arrive at really mature manhood, the completeness of personality, which is nothing less than the standard height of Christ's own perfection. Let us grow up in every way, in all things, into him who is the head. So being built up, and this is the Amplified translation of it, being built up means in all things we are growing up to be like him. So you're saying, Lord, I want to become more like you. So how do we live our life in Christ? One, I'm just, uh, we will review what we did last week, but today's what we're learning is walk in him. That means conduct yourself in conformity to him. Second, get your roots in the person of Christ. Let him be your strength and your supply. And third, we are saying, grow up in him. Become more and more like him. So our prayer must be, Lord, I want to be like you. Our desire must be, Lord, I want to be like you. In all things, Ephesians 4.15 says, you grow up in all things to be like Jesus. You're built up in him to become like him in all things. So, there are times we pray in our own lives, we say, Lord, I want to be like you. If there are people around you who are, you know, you're just finding things wrong. Lord, help me to love that person the way you will love that person. Help me to relate to that person the way you would relate to that person. In all things, we must grow up to be like 
Jesus. So you pray that prayer. Lord, I want to be like that. Lord, change my heart or change my attitude or change my behavior or change what I do so that I can be like you. You're growing up in all things to be like him. And going back to Colossians 2, 7, he says, being built up in him, what happens when, you do, when, that ha- when you're being built up in him? You're established in the faith. You're made firm in the faith. And you abound, you overflow with thanksgiving. So three things. Walk in him. Be rooted in him. Be built up in him. That means grow up to be like him. And one last thing is abide in him. And this is from John 15, verses 1 through 8. Abide in him. Now, we purposely kept this passage to the end. This passage is something all of us are very familiar with. And it's quite possible that you are literally hundreds of thousands of sermons from this passage of where Jesus says, I am the wine, you are the branches. But what is very interesting is, in John 14, verse 20, that means in the same sermon, before he could come to talking about the wine and the branches, he had said something earlier. In John 14, 20, it's the verse that we began this entire series, one of the verses with which we began this entire series. In John 14, 20, Jesus said, In that day you will know that I am in the Father, You are in me, and I am in you. So he said, look, a time is coming when you will receive revelation that I'm in the Father, you are in me, and I am in you. So he said, you are in me, I am in you. That union, John 14, 20, he mentioned it. Then as he continues in that, it's, it's one same sermon, John 14, 15, 16, one long sermon. Jesus did three, three part series, now we're doing 15 part series, no, I'm just joking. But it's one sermon. So in John 14, 20, he said, you will know in that day, I am in the Father and you are, uh, you are in me and I am in you. And then he comes to this beautiful picture in John 15, verses 1 through 8 of the wine and the branches. So let me explain what it means for you to be in me and me to be in you. Here's the picture. I am the wine. You are the branches. That means what's in Jesus is flowing in you because you're in union with him. And you and I are branches on the wine and we bear fruit, so we express the life of the wine. But a key word that he repeats over and over and over again in that passage is abides. Continue, remain, stay, dwell, stay connected. Abide, stay connected to me. Because if a branch doesn't stay connected, then it's good for nothing. It's going to dry up. And people are going to use it in the furnace. No life. It doesn't bear anything. So stay connected. So how do we live our life in Christ? 
we must constantly stay connected to Jesus in the Spirit. Keep things away that disrupt your connectivity to Jesus, your connection to Jesus. What is it? Sin? Sin disrupts that. It's like sometimes with our phones, no connectivity, poor connection. Can't receive, can't receive, no signal. Out of range. Never get out of range. Stay connected. Keep things away that disrupt that connectivity with Jesus. The moment something happens, now we, I know that, you know, we all get upset and, you know, uh, we lose our cool and all of that. The, the moment something goes wrong, reestablish connection. Abide spiritually. Abide in Christ. Stay connected. Because he said, if you abide in me, I abide in you. Then you will bear much fruit. So fruitfulness comes from that. From our abiding in, staying connected to Jesus. And out of that, his life flows in us and expresses itself through us. I just want to bring our attention to two things. And there's a lot that you can speak from that passage. But just two things. One is this. Jesus said, every branch in me that bears fruit, he prunes it so that it can bring forth more fruit. When God wants you and me to go to greater levels of fruitfulness, what does he do? He prunes. And what is pruning? Taking away the unnecessary things. So as a tree or the shrub or the plant is growing, you know, little twigs dry up, leaves dry up. And what do you do? You take them off. You're pruning. You're taking off the unnecessary. And what the Lord Jesus says is, as we are connected to him, and as he's taking us on to greater levels of fruitfulness, one of the things he does is he prunes. He takes off the unnecessary things. Which means certain things in our lives which were acceptable at a certain level of fruitfulness will no longer be acceptable for the next level of fruitfulness. God will prune. Take it off. Not needed. Are you listening? Now, those things may not necessarily be sinful, just that they don't, are, are serving no purpose in our lives. They're not aiding any further fruitfulness. And God says, let's just take it off. He prunes it so that we can bear more fruit. Another thought I just want to leave us with, just for you to think about, is this. The first branch that came out of the wine tells us what all other branches should look like. Because every branch that comes from the vine will look the same. They're all connected to the same wine. The first branch that came out of the wine was there in the book of Acts. 
the early church, the church that was born on the day of Pentecost, first branch. Therefore, all other branches that come out of the vine should look like the first branch. Don't you agree? Yes or no? I'm not a botanist, or I don't study botany, but this is simple. All branches should look like the same branch. I mean, like the first branch that came out of the vine. So our standard of what we are supposed to be as branches on the vine, look in the book of Acts. That's our standard. Now sometimes people look at the branch today and they look at the branch then and say, hey, are you sure you connected the same wine? You look very different. But our goal is to be like that. Because that's the first branch that came out of the vine. It was a church that walked in authority and dominion and power that displayed the works of God and Jesus, the vine, has not changed. Every branch that still keeps coming out from him will look like that. Are you listening? Yes. One person's listening. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. So, in closing, why did God put us all in Christ? Why did he take you and put you in Christ? Why did he put you and me in Christ. One reason. We are in Him to be like Him. Let's say it together. We are in Him to be like Him. Let's say it again. We are in Him to be like Him. That's why. That's why He took you and me, all of us, and says, I'm going to put you all in Jesus. I'm going to connect you to Him so that we can all be like Him. There are many scriptures on it. First John 2, 6. Anyone who says he abides in him ought to walk even as he walked. 1 John 4, 17, we close with this verse. It says, and perfect love casts out all fear, and love gives us boldness on the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. As he is, so are we. One translation says, we are. Our life in this world is the same as His. That's a high standard. Our life is in this world is the same as His. As He is, so are we in this world. We are in Him to be like Him. And I want to challenge each one of us. Let that, let that be our desire. Lord, I want to be like you. I'm in Christ to be like Christ. In every way. Amen? So, to wrap this up, how do we live out of our life in Christ? Seven statements we've made. We'll just review them quickly. Number one, we live out of what has been completed. God has finished the work in Christ, and He says you live out of it. You live from above in the earth below. You live from the spiritual into the natural. You start there. You live from what's completed. Number two, we renew our minds. Number three, we walk in the Spirit, led by Him. Number four, we walk in Him. We live aligned to Jesus, doing only what Jesus would do. Number five, we are rooted in Him. He becomes our strength 
and our source, our supply. Number six, we are built up in him. We grow up to be like him in all things. And number seven, we abide in him. We stay connected to him. Keep disconnectors away. As we do these things, and I, I, I want to take, I want to encourage you to take time to meditate on these things because I've just presented these things to you very quickly, maybe in the last 20, 30 minutes. I don't know how long the sermon was, but I just shared that with you. But you take some time to think about this. What does this mean? How do I live it out in my everyday life? And it'll be so beautiful if all of us live out of our life in Him, out of our identity in Him, out of our inheritance in Him. We live out of that. We'll all look like Jesus. Amen? Because God put you in Him for you and me to be like Him. You're in Christ to be like Christ. Let's take some time to pray. You can just remain seated. Worship team, please come. And as you pray, I just want you to pray in your own heart and say, Lord, I want to be more and more like Jesus. Let everything about me be changed to be like him. For some of us, this may be like, whoa, this is a big thing to pray for be like Jesus. Well, don't worry. God is at work in us, changing us and making us like Christ. It's not about your efforts, but it's just about you saying, God, you are the potter and the clay. Please work in me. I want to be like Jesus. So all of us here, and those of you watching online, we welcome you. Sorry, just realized, welcome you. You pray where you are and say, Lord, I want my life to be changed more and more into that same image, into the image of Jesus Christ. We're all going to pray. Father, we thank you that you know every person here seated in the auditorium. You know people who are watching online, who are connected online. And even as we have heard, Father, from your word, we pray that you help us live from above because we are born from above. Help us to live from the spiritual into the natural, from the heavenly into the earth realm. From what you have completed, into the daily process of living. Help us to walk with a renewed mind, taking on intentionally your ways and your thoughts instead of the ways and thoughts of this world. Help us to walk in the Spirit, following the leading of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Help us to walk in Christ, in Him, conducting ourselves in conformity to who He is. Help us to be rooted in Christ, getting our roots deep in, in the person of Jesus Christ. Help us, Lord, to be built up, continuously changed, and grow up into all things to be like Jesus. 
and help us always to abide in him. Abide in him. Stay connected to the wine. So that his life can be expressed through us. Help us all to become like Jesus. And Lord, this right now, as we are seated in your presence, let change happen in our lives, in our emotions, in our minds, in our attitudes, in our behaviors, in the things that we carry in our hearts, Lord. Let change happen. This very moment, the Lord may be speaking to you personally about things that need change. I want you to just pray and say, Lord, change that in my life. Attitudes, behaviors, ways of thinking. Let the Lord bring about change. Let the Lord bring about change. you and I just yield to what the Lord is doing in our hearts and lives. He's changing us and making us more like Him. Just receive His work in your heart, in your life, in your mind. Just receive it. Let Him do it. Let Him do it. Our hearts, our attitudes would be changed even as we just welcome him, welcome him. Hallelujah, God. Thank you. Thank you, God. Situations in the home, in the family, the relationships between husbands and wives, the Bible tells us it's got to be in the Lord. And how we relate, it's got to be in the Lord. Husbands, wives, just let the Lord change your hearts and say, God, and I relate, help me to do it like Jesus. 
Help me to do it like Jesus. We're going to just transition into a time where we're going to expect the Lord to work miracles, do things in our lives. I know we had an amazing time of worship and that itself, I'm sure God would have done things in our hearts and lives and our circumstances, situations, right? Those, those, that worship time. But there's some more work that he wants to do, that he wants to administer to us. We just want to give the Lord the opportunity to do that. So we're going to rise up to our feet. We're going to just sing a song. Just welcome the God of miracles. Welcome him to work miracles in your life. God knows your number. He knows your name. He knows exactly what your needs are. And so just, just invite him. Is there anything more that he wants to do? Let him do it. Are we just going to say, Lord, you're free to work a healing, work a deliverance, work a miracle, work something in my life. And he's the God of miracles. He still works miracles. Do you believe that? Yes or no? He's still the God of miracles. He still does those things. So let's just give him a little bit more time just to do what he wishes. There might be people here who've got problems, who've, who've come with pain or certain suffering or sickness. Uh, are there people here, you've got problem in your spine, it's, it's in your vertebrae, with your bones. Uh, just raise your hand, people with problems in your back, in your vertebrae, just raise your hands. Um, all right, why don't you all come forward? We're going to pray. I don't, again, this is not embarrass you, okay? Now, you've got problems in your spinal cord, your vertebrae, uh, back problem. You know, it could be a slipped disc, it could be a damaged vertebrae. Just please come, we'll just, just pray for these people. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, it's, uh, sometimes just driving on Bangalore roads can damage your back. <laughs> uh, so, you know, God is going to heal each one of these people in their vertebrae, in the back, um, God is ready to heal them. Do you believe that? Come on, do you believe that? Our God is a healer. Because I just saw the spine, I just saw the vertebrae, so people with problems in the back, in the, in, in the vertebrae, in the bones, you know, uh, this is not to embarrass anybody, but to believe God for their healing. Amen? Now, if you, imagine if you were in their place, how would you like somebody to pray for you? I, I want you to say, God, I am believing for their miracle. Amen. We are a family. Uh, we are going to pray for them. And you just say, God, I believe for their miracle. I believe for their miracle. Right? We don't know how the injury may have happened. It could have been happened. They would have had a fall or uh, however the injury to their back doesn't matter. Today is their healing. Amen? This moment is their healing. The Bible says, lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. 
So I'm just going to do something. I'm just going to go and lay hands very quickly. Uh, 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 but that moment I lay hands, it's not about my hands. Anybody, any believer could do this. But it's not about my hands, but it's about the God of heaven who's healing their vertebrae today. It's the God of heaven who's healing every bone in their back, every disc. Maybe it's a nerve that's been damaged. We don't know, but God knows. And all I'm just going to do is I'm just going to lay hands on them, just touch them for a moment, just move down. But God, but God will heal them at that moment. Amen? And those of you who've come forward, and I'm just going to lay hands very quickly because there's so many of us here. I may not spend a lot of time. I'll just come and touch you. But just believe in, in the word. Like that woman who touched the hem of Jesus' garment. Right? She just touched. That one touch healed a, a condition that was there for 12 years. That one touch made a difference. This morning, I'm believing that just that one touch will make a difference in your life. It's the God of heaven who heals. It's the God of heaven who will fix whatever the problem is with your vertebrae, with your disc, with the nerves that come in there, or whatever matter that's related with your back. The God of heaven will do it. Amen? And then you go get it checked, do whatever needs to be done. Uh, if the doctors need to check it, let them check it. But the God of heaven heals. Let's just pray and worship God. I want you to just stretch your hands out and say, God, in the name, let's all do this together. In the name of Jesus, we speak healing to their backs. Bones be healed. Every disc be healed. Every nerve be healed. In the name of Jesus, let healing flow through their vertebrae, making them completely whole. In Jesus' name, amen. I just want you to worship God. Worship team, just lead. Just give me a few minutes. I'm just going to go lay hands on them and let the God of heaven do the work. Amen? Please go ahead. The Lord who made the blind to see is moving here in front of me. Moving here in front of me. The one who made the deaf to hear Silencing my every fear, silencing my every fear. I believe in you, I believe in you. You're the God of miracles. I believe in you, I believe in you. You're the God of Is reaching out to make me whole, reaching out to make me whole. The one who put death in its place, his life is flowing through. His life is flowing through my veins. I believe in you. I believe. You are. 
presence, God, your healing takes place. And so we declare each one of these people healed. According to your word, which says that by the stripes of Jesus, we were healed. So we declare them well. And God, we pray that each one will have a testimony. Each one will have a testimony, God, of what you've done for them. Each one, God. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. You can go back to your seats. And then just thank God and check it. Get your healing check. And then share your testimony for the glory of God. Hallelujah, God. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Thank you for doing your work in their heart, in their backs and making them whole. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you. Hallelujah. We praise you, God. All right, I'm just going to pray a gentle prayer right now. Just lay your hand on that part of your body. You want Jesus to heal. Uh, if your kidneys are giving you problems, lay your hand there. Uh, wherever you have problems, just lay your hand. We just pray a gentle prayer. Lord, even now, in the name of Jesus, we speak healing to people here and those watching online who need healing. If the kidneys are failing, kidneys are causing problems, in the name of Jesus, God, release a miracle. Heal those kidneys. Release a miracle in the name of Jesus. Problems that have to... that, that, that have to do with Things in your 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 blood, the things that are being released in your blood, chemical imbalances, 
Let there be healing so that things in the blood, things that are being released in your body, they become to normal levels in the name of Jesus. The hormones, the things that are being released by the glands, let them come to normal levels in the name of Jesus. Let there be complete healing, God, because you're the God who heals completely, who makes whole. Let people receive healing. We thank you, Father. Thank you. We bless your name. And we honor you, Jesus. Even muscles that have been torn, that there's so much of pain because of, of the tear, Maybe the doctors can't make it well. In the name of Jesus, let there be healing. Let there be healing right now. In the name of Jesus. We give you thanks, Father, that, that you're healing right now. The muscle tear, and maybe the ligament that's torn, and it's not able to fix back. Doctors said we can't do it. God's doing it for you. Receive your healing. Receive your healing. Thank you, Father. We give you thanks. We give you praise. We give you praise. Thank you, God. Thank you. We bless you. Honor you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We will close. Let's close. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ the love of God, our Heavenly Father, and the sweet fellowship of His Holy Spirit be with each of us always. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Thank you for listening. We trust this message was a blessing to you. For more free resources, including sermons, sermon notes, publication, please visit apcwo.org. For information on APC Bible College in Bangalore, please visit apcbiblecollege.org. Please remember to download the All People's Church Bangalore app from the app or Google Play Store.